Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. It's been a while since my good buddy Rich Hill and I have been on to talk about all things Patriots, but if I remember correctly, Rich Hill, the last time you and I broke stuff down, it was just before the start of free agency, and we were talking about who they might sign or bring back, and then we finished up, and we were like, all right, let's stay in touch. The next big move the Patriots make, we'll come back on and talk about it. And they haven't really made any moves. <laughs> and so now we're back talking about the draft. So here we find ourselves. Hope you're well, man. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, you know, last time we chatted, too, I was like the team building part of the year is my favorite. Uh, I think it means that there's endless possibilities. You get to have all these different hypotheses on, like, what is the team going to do this year? Like, you know, like the, the Patriots let... Uh, you know, their, their fullback go to the Raiders. And so like, what does that mean for Johnu Smith? Uh, and and I'm, I think that it gives us a lot of potential, a lot of theories that we can throw out there. And uh, also gives us a lot of waiting. Cause I agree with you. Like we're like, let's get back. Uh, and I think the moves that the Patriots have made, uh, they brought Malcolm Butler out of retirement, which is fun. Um, but who knows what he's going to bring to the table. They got Jabril Peppers, who's coming off of an injury. Uh, and then they traded for Devontae Parker, who I believe has played 16 games once in his six-year career uh, for the Miami Dolphins. And so those are the moves that they've made since then. None of them really stood out as like a let's have a podcast about it kind of a move. Um, but I think in general, Alec, this team is in a better spot now uh, than it was at the start of free agency. I agree. I think we were both pretty sure that J.C. Jackson would be gone for big money, and he was. That was obviously the biggest departure talent-wise. But the Patriots are in good shape. I don't think they are looking at this roster top to bottom. They are a blow-you-out-of-the-water kind of you know 2018 Chiefs-style roster. But I think they're talented. I think they're good at every level. There are some holes they need to fill still along the offensive-defensive side of the ball, which hopefully they will continue to address through continued free agency and the draft. But, yeah, I mean, I think of all the things they've done, again, I'm not one with you. I don't think Malcolm Butler is going to be some kind of second coming of, of Darrell Rivas or anything like that. But you never know. He could have a revival year. I think Devontae Parker is a good fit. He's a big guy. He's 6'3", 220, so maybe he can be that that outside guy. The signing I'm really happy about, Rich, is actually Jabril Peppers. And I think that points to something you were talking about a little earlier on in the offseason, how the Patriots are kind of just shying away from the prototypical linebacker 
the kind of Ted Johnson, Mike Vrabel, Dante Hightower style guys and replacing it with guys like Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips and Pepper is just big, rangy safeties that can also thump across the middle. So I think Jabril Peppers is a prime candidate to have a breakout season in New England this coming year. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that he's a great fit. I, I liked him coming out of the draft. He's also a great return man, which is something that can't be understated. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he gives immediate insurance if Adrian Phillips suffers an injury or if, uh, you know, the Patriots need to move around Kyle Duggar. Uh, you know, if like Devin McCourty gets out and then you can put Duggar at free safety, like it gives you a lot of flexibility to have safeties like that. Um, but also like the number one thing that the Patriots wanted to do this offseason was get faster on defense because they realized that they're playing all of these really fast offenses. You know, you bring in the Kyle Shanahan style offense to the Miami Dolphins and they're going to be playing like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill twice a year. Like they're going to have to have better speed on defense if they're going to keep up. And so. You know what? One way that you can do it is instead of getting a like 230 pound linebacker that is faster than the Dante Hightower one. Don't get me wrong, um, is just get a 220 pound safety. Like you're going to get a roughly similar you know value against the run, but much much better against the pass. And in a passing league, that's going to give you a better defense. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw players like Peppers and Phillips on the field at the same time. Uh, and, and a lot more of the air quote dime defense with six defensive backs where Phillips and Peppers are actually playing more of a linebacker role. That'd be a lot of fun. Like, I really like the way these guys play. I like the lateral movement they have. Coverage linebacker has been such a problem for the Patriots for so long. And obviously guys like Duggar and Phillips can cover linebackers better than a larger guy can. So I do think the Pats are a work in progress defensively. I think there are some more free agents they'll continue to bring in as the weeks and months go by. But the next people they add to the roster will be rookies. With the draft somehow two days away, Rich, it makes somehow. no sense to me where this offseason is going. Thursday night, round one kicks off in Vegas. Is that where it is this year? Yep. I don't remember. Yeah, Las Vegas on boats. I think they're doing <laughs> the, the fanfare for the NFL draft never fails to outdo itself. New England has a nice little slew of picks. They pick number 21, number 54, number 85, number 127, then number 158. Then they have three picks in the sixth round, 183, 200, and 210, and then pick number 245 in round seven. That first one, number 21 overall. Looking at this draft, Rich, I think this is a different year in that. There's not like a consensus number one overall guaranteed pick. Everyone sees this guy going to the Jaguars. There isn't that kind of marquee blue chip quarterback. There's a lot of positional versatility. And especially once you get out of the top maybe 20, 25 or so, the talent disparity between maybe a, a second rounder and a fourth rounder isn't overly massive. So I think it's a good year to have a lot of picks. I completely agree, and I think the Patriots agree as well. They only have 70 people on the roster right now, so they have 20 spots to fill. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in 15 rookies, you know, a mix of draft picks and undrafted players that actually make the ultimate roster. Uh, just because, like, they need to fill up the roster somehow, and you're not going to get only veterans on it. Uh, and so... I like the the trade that the Patriots made with the, the Houston Texans is to flip one of their fifth round picks into a sixth and a seventh, because why not? There's not a huge difference between a fifth, the quality of a player that you're going to get in the fifth, sixth or seventh round. So give yourself more darts at the dartboard in a, in a draft where I think what the Patriots are going to do uh, 
is focused on a player who's like an immediate impact guy in round one. Then in rounds two, three, and four, you're going to get a lot of players that are roughly similar in caliber, so they're going to be good role players. And then the rest of the draft patrons are just going to get those high like upside athlete players. Yeah, I know, I'm going to draw a, a name out of memory here, but you remember Malcolm Williams uh, out of TCU. I want to say it was like 2011 draft or something like that. But you know, they literally just get like the best athlete that they can and see if they work out. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's how the Patriots approach round six and seven is just like get the guys that might make have the biggest impact and hope that something happens with them uh, without any real expectations. And so Patriots need to add in a bunch of rookies. I agree. There's not like a, a huge name that's definitely going to do it. And I, I think that whatever the Patriots will do, I think they'll want to trade down. But I think every team's going to want to trade down this year. This does seem to be a big trade down for future picks kind of year. The Pats are way ahead of the curve in that. They've been doing that forever, which, of course, means this isn't the year they'll trade down and pick a defensive back in the second round because this is probably one of the few years that I can remember where I'd be totally fine with them trading out of the first, amassing this round, uh, this draft and the future round picks and taking a cornerback in the second round. I think cornerback is an area of need. You mentioned the Patriots like to draft high-impact players in the first round, especially the first two rounds. And with J.C. Jackson departing, with Malcolm Butler's contributions very uncertain, I could very much see them taking a cornerback. And there's pretty deep cornerback class. I know there's some certain players that have been linked to the Patriots. I know Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU is one that people see going to the Patriots. I hear a lot of Trent McDuffie to the Patriots out of Washington. Uh, I've heard Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. He's a bigger guy, maybe 6'1", 195. Uh, any particular cornerbacks in general, Rich, that you feel the Patriots are going to target in the first round, maybe early in the second? Yeah, totally. I, I think that there's some players that are definite fits and some that like are likely out of their range. I think Kyer Elam uh, out of Florida is someone who really fits them well. He's 6'2". Uh, he's a physical guy on the outside. He can play both man and uh, zone. And I, I think that he gives them the length on the outside and that prototypical size. Uh, if you just watch his tape against Alabama, he shuts them down. It's super impressive. Um, and Belichick loves his SEC defenders. And I think that Elam is you know, that kind of a guy that has real number one upside. Um, I also agree with Booth. He's just a, an athlete out there with good footwork. Um, but I, I, I think that he, he can fit in there. But I, I've liked what I've seen out of Elam a little bit more. Uh, two other players that I'd like to throw out there, Daxton Hill out of Michigan, who is kind of like a cornerback safety hybrid. You think of who would be this year's Devin McCourty in the draft, knowing that McCourty is getting up in retirement age. Daxton Hill would be the perfect replacement you know mix of a free safety plays a little bit in the slot plays a little bit outside um, but he has like 4.37 40 speed very very cerebral smart player uh, and i think if you're looking for the heir to devin mccourty you can't go wrong with him uh kyler gordon out of washington uh is trent mcduffie's teammate uh who might be available a little bit later just due to not being their number one corner but he has some really good tools uh could be a good number two in the nfl um, but a player that's kind of floating under the radar in my mind is Martin Emerson out of Mich Mississippi State. Uh, he is kind of what you would get like as a discount. You know, one of those players that has or that lacks like that number one tool set, um, but plays really well. He's very good in press. I think that he can play almost every piece of coverage that the Patriots do. Physical guy, bigger guy. Uh, but I, I think he's someone that I would look out for on day two of the draft. Uh, as someone who could definitely contribute to the Patriots in the secondary without uh, requiring a first-round pick. 
I mean, do you see the Patriots if, – if the Patriots are going to stay put, if you had to guess right now, I mean, everyone's kind of picking the cornerback or linebacker as their, their first-round pick at number 21 overall. Do you think cornerback is probably their biggest area of need in the draft, or would you go somewhere else if you were Bill Belichick? Yeah, I mean, if I'm Bill Belichick, what am I looking for in the first round? I'm looking for someone who can be a near-every-down player. Uh, you know, looking for someone who can play on passing and uh, running downs, whether it's on offense or defense. And to me, that looks at, you know, offensive lineman, linebacker or defensive back. And I, I think where where are the needs right here for the Patriots? They definitely have a gap on the offensive line. Um, and like this wouldn't surprise me if they took an offensive tackle in the same way that they took Nate Solder, despite still having Matt Light and Sebastian Vollmer on the roster. Uh, they could take a linebacker, even though they have Juwan Bentley, uh, because they definitely need the players there. Uh, but I think that the draft's a little bit deeper at the linebacker spot where you can get a player in the third round that's roughly similar. Uh, and then at the defensive back spot, I think that they need to get a high upside player. Uh, and I know that they regretted missing on a lot of those second round defensive back cornerbacks, you know, thinking of like the Cyrus Jones and Duke Dawson's of the world. Uh, but you got to keep taking bites at that apple because they need to have a number one quarterback uh, unless unless they're flipping more to his own style. And then they can have a little bit more flexibility with the, the caliber of athlete. They just need to have smarter players back there, um, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, and, and so if, I think if I'm the Patriots, I would say my top guess for what they'll draft is an offensive lineman, uh, and, but my number two is a defensive back. And it's funny because I feel like offensive linemen is one of the few areas on the team where I, they, they seem pretty well set at the top of it. Isaiah Wynn has been fine. Not he's been a stud, but he's not like a huge liability when he's on the field. They brought back Trent Brown. They're good at the guard and center position, but I think they do need some depth along the offensive line. I still am scratching my head over that Shaq Mason trade. Yep. I just don't get it. So they do need some more depth along the offensive line, particularly the interior offensive line. And one thing Belichick does like is picking 100% snap guys in that first round. Guys that contribute almost every single play, and offensive line are pretty pretty quick to do that. Uh, I don't know if they're going to go for a center, but I really like Tyre Linderbaum out of yep. Iowa. Um, he's a really, really good player. He's not huge, but he's a wrestler. Thinking back to Stephen Neal of the early Patriots days, with guys with good hands and good lateral ability and good balance, I can see them going there. I like Zion Johnson as a guard out of your alma mater, Boston College, Rachel. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He's a, he's a Davidson guy, I think, and then he went to BC for the last three years. Great footwork. He's a good, strong anchor. Um, I don't know if he'd really be able to get those guys if people are going offensive line Early, one thing I really can't pick, and maybe you have a better read than I do, I just don't know what the kind of temperature of the draft's going to be for the other teams picking before the Patriots. Sometimes you'll see this run on receivers or running backs or whatever, and I can see offensive line kind of just going back, back to back to back to back. And maybe they have to wait until round two. And they pick up a guy like maybe like Ed Ingram out of LSU or Sean Ryan um, for, for, for guards. So I think a lot of this might be – I know the Patriots aren't really one to dictate – allow other teams to dictate how they pick. And they kind of go for the guy that they want. But it could be a scenario where a certain position just starts flying off the board and the pass are forced to pivot. So, And I don't know if offensive line is going to be that or more the receiver position. I feel like of all the positions in this draft, receiver is kind of the most loaded yep. at the top. So maybe it'll be receivers that are going, which I'm fine with the Patriots not drafting a receiver in the first round for obvious reasons. <laughs> I, I just don't really, I just don't really I know if I, I see them going offensive line really, really early, maybe an early day two pick. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think that uh, 
what do I think is going to happen at the beginning of this draft? I think that I agree with you. There's going to be a run at wide receiver. There's a bunch of really good players. And, you know, Patriots pick 21st overall. And so how many wide receivers might go ahead of them? And then also, as a result, how many teams are going to want to move up in the draft as a result of there being a thinning out at wide receiver? And so you have Drake uh, London out of USC, who's my top receiver in the draft, who I think can go top 10. You have, you know, Jameson Williams, Garrett Wilson, uh, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Uh, those are all players that could go in the top 20. You have Traylon Burks. Um, a guy like Sky Moore in the, the end of the first round is another player on the table. Uh, I don't know if I said Jameson Williams already at this point, um, but there's like a lot of wide receivers, even pickins out of Georgia, players that could sneak into the first round. And so if there is a run in the top 20, that's probably the Patriots' best bet at being able to find a trade partner to move down, uh, especially because they're at the top, you know, they're 21st overall. And I think that just like psychologically teams will want to like move up to that point to get a wide receiver if that's on their mind of who they want to uh, add to their roster. With the other position being edge defenders, I think that there's a lot of uh, good top-tier edge defenders that are likely going to go. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and George Karlaftis are three players. Also Trayvon Walker, all players that I imagine are going to go in the you know the top 15, uh, including three in the top, the top five, likely top 10. Uh, and so adding Jermaine Johnson, another player up there, if there's that run, I wouldn't be surprised again if, if that pushes some players down that can open up an opportunity for some trade partners. Um, so who do I think that the Patriots are going to take? I agree with you. I like Tyler Lindenbaum uh, out of Iowa. I think he's the best offensive lineman in general in this draft. Um, but I, I think if I'm the Patriots, I would love to trade down, uh, get someone with some that like physical upside, uh, you know, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa, um, someone who has the ability to grow into a player, uh, Kellen Dyche out of Arizona State, players that you could likely get on day two uh, of the draft. Um, because otherwise, I think it might feel a little bit like a reach and be a little bit disappointing. Um, but I, I think that they are and could settle on an offensive lineman just because it does make sense for how they built their roster. Another guy to watch out for, Rich, for maybe like a day three pick that I actually like. Sleeper pick, kind of maybe the the Oenu of, of this draft, is uh, Utah player Nick Ford. Really, really tough and positional versatility. I think he played every single position along the offensive line. I know the Patriots covet offensive linemen that can play anywhere. They can bounce guys around. I keep thinking back to that 2015 season when they were all just so banged up and they didn't really have enough guys to get out there. And I think since then they've really tried to focus on players that can plug and play if they need to. So I can see him using one of those six-round picks on Nick Ford out of Utah, using him as a kind of a developmental year. Very, very raw still, but good talent. And, again, it's more about depth for me. I don't necessarily need to have a, a day-one starter, but if they can get a guy and maybe win can be a rotational guy, something along those lines, uh, I'm all for that. I know offensive linemen isn't the most sexy first-round draft pick, but they're very, very important. Um, speaking of sexy Rick picks, Rich, everyone's talking about receivers. Let's touch on them for just a little bit longer because everyone's always hoping they're going to get this next big flashy guy. You mentioned Jamison Williams. I know the Patriots are linked with him for a lot of reasons. Alabama guy, the obvious one. I think he's a consensus, maybe top 10, even top five pick had he not blown his ACL out yep. in the national title game. So there is some question around his recuperation. Will he get back to where he was? If there's a shot of Williams falling to the Patriots at 21, they don't have to move up to get him. 
Do you see them taking a flyer? No, I guess a flyer is the wrong word for it. Do you see them using their draft stock on Williams, having vetted him with Saban, having gone through all the, the rigmarole? And if so, would you be upset with that pick? Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because I think he has the ability to be an elite wide receiver based off of what he showed that final year at Alabama. Um, that's a hard one. Because I, I, when you get a player coming off of an ACL, when do you expect them to fully contribute again, right? Like, if, especially when he tore his ACL. So, like, what contribution are you expecting this rookie season? Like, how is it going to affect his growth and development if he's not going to be fully available for uh, the offseason and the training camp? And when you look at the other players that are available and then, like, the opportunity cost of taking a player like Williams... It kind of feels like a luxury. I mean, you look at the Patriots wide receiver room right now. Uh, you have Aguilar, you have Bourne, you have Myers, and you have Devontae Parker. You have four players that I think are, you know, rough. They're all wide receiver twos in the NFL. You know, and I think that they're all in that, you know, 20 to 40 range of players, which is good. I mean, like that, that is, that is solid production. Um, Williams would definitely be and offer the highest upside of every player in that room. But I also don't know necessarily, like, is he just going to take Nelson Aguilar's time? Like, unless you trade him, then I feel like, okay, then that would open up a spot for him. Otherwise, you're just kind of using a first-round pick on a player who I don't know where he fits into this room. Um, I, I think instead, with, like, the opportunity cost, like, the Patriots have a glaring hole on their offensive line. They have a glaring hole at cornerback. They have a glaring hole at linebacker. Uh, undersold position right here. Pass rusher. Who do they got? They got Judon and then not a lot much, uh, else of like proven production. So this is a, a roster that could use an infusion of talent, like with an immediate path to the starting lineup across the roster, uh, where at wide receiver, it's like, yeah, they could improve it, but like, they have some, they have like good enough players there. Like you're not going to have like the marginal difference between a rookie wide receiver. And I know that you get years of control on him. Uh, but I, I, I think that the marginal difference is not there and I'd be a little surprised by it. Would I be upset by it? No, but I'd definitely be surprised by it. Yeah, I would too. I think I'd, I'd be upset by it, honestly. I just don't think they need him, and I don't think their offense is – if Mac Jones' development in year one is any indicator of the kind of quarterback he's going to be, a like sideline deep threat isn't the most crucial piece to this offense. It's guys that can run good routes, that can get open underneath the, the, the slot and move the ball around. Uh, for that reason, there are only really two receivers that I think, A, make really good Patriots, and B, they can get in round like three and later. Uh, one of them, I might be slightly biased because he's got a great first name, but that's uh, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. I think he's a good court, a good running, mm -hmm. a good receiver that could really fit well in the Patriot system. Uh, he's physical. He's got a, he makes good catches. He's got good hands and he can take on the stronger cornerbacks. Uh, he also had like a four, four forty at six three. I think it's pretty great. I can totally see them taking him maybe the third round. And one guy I actually really like, he's got a lot of weaknesses in that. Like he's older. He's still kind of raw, but he's crazy fast. He's a good returner. Uh, I think he just fits well on the Patriots kind of quick pass system is uh, Velas Jones out of Tennessee. I think he'd be a really good maybe like fifth round pick to develop him a little bit. Um, but those are the only really two receivers I'd be legitimately happy to see them draft. The rest I think they can they, they've got what they've got, and I don't think receivers are a massive a massive part of this 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 offensive system, especially because as you mentioned, they have so many holes elsewhere. You talked about defensive line, Rich. 
Are you thinking more like edge rusher? Are you thinking more kind of interior guys? Because if you look at the current Patriots roster along the defensive line, you've got Devon Gottschalk, very solid. Uh, you've got, uh, well, uh, kind of it, <laughs> right? Uh, so are you thinking more interior to kind of plug up the running lanes, which they struggled against, or you want to go for edge guy if you're going to go defensive line? Yeah, I mean, it definitely comes down to the type, like the role that we have there. Like, I, I think that Christian Barmore has a lot of upside, but I think what the Patriots are missing on the interior is a true nose tackle. And, like, they don't need a Vince Wolfork type who can just do everything. But, like, they don't have a true no- nose tackle. I think Godshot is better suited to be, like, the three technique or lineup go against the guard. And, like, he can't hold the double teams in the middle. And, like, fortunately... There's a bunch of Planet Theory players in this draft. You know, if Gordon Davis is available in the first round, I take him and I don't blink. Uh, he would absolutely be a great fit. Uh, Travis Jones out of UConn would be a player that I would be surprised if the Patriots took, but I, I would be happy with. He's def- another nose tackle that has the ability to rush the passer. Uh, you add in some other players later, Neil Farrell out of LSU. Uh, and then you get into the players that are just monsters that are like, you know, 350 pounds. You just think of the Ted Washington types uh, or, you know, just someone who can just eat all of the space in the middle of the field. You got Noah Ellis out of Idaho, John Ridgway out of Arkansas, Marquan McCall out of Kentucky. These are all players that are in the 350 pound range that like it's worth it. And they'd likely be available in like the sixth or seventh round. So like, why not see what they can do? Uh, see if they can develop into like a one or two down player. You don't need a nose tackle to be an every down player. So like, unless you get that Jordan Davis or Travis Jones type, I'd be super happy to wait until the sixth or seventh round just to put a flyer on one of those. Um, but I, I think you need to get a better run stuffer up the middle because that was definitely a Patriots weakness all year. Uh, but then also you need to have a complement opposite of uh, Matt Judon on the edge, just because if you don't have Kyle Van Noy, if we don't trust Josh Uche, who hasn't shown anything at this point, really, uh, neither has Anthony Jennings. Uh, you have nothing from Ronnie Perkins so far. It means that there is just a glaring opening opposite of, of Judon. Uh, and like, I know we have Dietrich Wise, but like, we know what he is at this point. Um, and, and so like, yeah, the Patriots can and should bring back, back Trey Flowers. But this is a strong draft on the edge to get a very stout, solid Trey Flowers-esque player. Uh, thinking of Josh Paschal out of Kentucky, uh, Kingsley Anabare uh, out of South Carolina. Those are all players that are very stout on the edge. They can hold their own, but also provide some push as, you know, a bull rusher, which is what the NFL is about these days on the edge. It's about collapsing the pocket, not necessarily, you know, sprinting after the quarterback. You gotta squeeze them. Uh, and I think that there are players in this draft that you can get on day two, uh, and that'll be a common refrain, day two, day two, day two, that could fill that role for the Patriots, uh, and actually just be a, a you know, a really good fit. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny, when you think about defensive linemen, particularly edge guys, I think a lot of how they're going to approach that part of the draft will be indicative of what kind of base formation they're going to run defensively. And as of right now, I could not tell you what their base D is going to be. 3-4, you talked a bit about earlier in the podcast, maybe going like a base kind of dime package with, with Phillips and Duggar and Jabril Peppers as kind of those linebacker hybrid safeties. I'll be very curious to see if they even have a base defensive package and if they approach the draft thinking, okay, here's our base defense. Maybe it's a 3-4. We're going to a big nose tackle, and then we don't worry as much about edge rushers. Maybe we go 4-3. Maybe we go big nickel like they did a few years back. Uh, and if that's the case, I feel like a – 
you know, like a guy who's like 6'3", 6'4", 240, and runs maybe a sub 4'7", is going to be perfect for, for that fit. I think I, – I'm sorry, I'm looking at the, the Georgia defensive roster. <laughs> Every single one of those guys is like NFL ready. which it's makes me like, I'm looking at like Trayvon Walker, for example, and what a beast he was. But I'm also wondering if, if every player is so good in Georgia, did they all kind of like overachieve because of the other guys? Are there question marks there? But I think anybody out of Georgia would be would be a great pick. I love Jermaine Johnson. I think the second he's like 6'5", 250. He's a kind of typical three down player. There's a lot of really good edge guys. I think edge guys are probably the second sexiest besides wide receiver and quarterback. But we're definitely set at quarterback. So I'm not really worried about that. Speaking of set, Rich, I feel they're also pretty set at running back. But maybe like third down back, you know, the next James White yep. might be a guy they can target in maybe a third or fourth round. Is that a crazy thing to think? Totally. No, I love that. I, I think that the Patriots do need to think of that. Uh, James White's coming off of a very, very serious injury. So who knows what he's going to be uh, when he returns uh, and if he's able to return this year at all. And so you have J.J. Taylor, who I think the team really likes, but is still developing. You know, the Patriots always give those redshirt seasons to those third down back roles anyways. Uh, but I think that this is a uh, – it's not unreasonable to try and find a player that could fill that role. Um, and honestly, I, I think that there's a couple players that could either fit that um, but perhaps even be a little bit of a stronger runner. Uh, you think of just like, you know, if you can't go wrong drafting an Alabama starting running back if they're available in the fourth round. So, like, Brian Robinson is a player that I think is being very undersold. Um, you know, could fit into, like, I know that they're all very different players, but, you know, like a TJ Yeldon kind of a role, Kenyon Drake, like someone who can both run, pass, and block at, like, a pretty good level. I don't think he's as good as Damian Harris, but, like, he can be serviceable in all of those, and he can block. Uh, and so that's someone that I think is worth it. Isaiah Spiller out of Texas A&M is another one that I think is worth it. Damian Pierce out of uh, Florida is another one that I think, like, all of those players could do it. I think that this is a, I mean, every year is going to be deep at this position. Uh, and I think that the Patriots can and should add a running back to it, uh, to their roster. Unless, of course, uh, they think Ty Montgomery is more of a running back. Uh, and then if that is the case, uh, you know, the Patriots added Ramondre Stevenson last year. And I, I think that uh, if they have a room of Stevenson, Harris, Montgomery, and then White and or Taylor, the room's pretty full. And so you can't use a, a top draft pick on that type of a player. Yeah, I and mean, I really feel like the Patriots have had such success in rounds four and five drafting running backs. I really don't see, honestly, unless you have like a like an Adrian Peterson style player there, I just don't see why any NFL team, honestly, would invest a lot of high draft capital on a, on a stud running back. Even like Saquon Barkley, who's an absolute beast, is, is injury prone. So I like the fact that every couple of years they'll draft a running back. They don't let them get a second contract unless you're a third down back. And again, I think between Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, they're pretty well set on the between the tackles guys. Although I do like another Georgia guy, James Cook who is, I think, Dalvin Cook's brother, I yep. believe. Um, kind of a beast. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's a, a monster, and maybe it, the, the dabble didn't fall too far from that particular tree. But I'm thinking maybe around four or five. Uh, one guy I really like is a classic kind of Belichick guy because he was actually a linebacker before he became a running back, which is Abram Smith out of Baylor. He's mm. 5'11", 221, big bowling ball of a guy. The only problem is he's not like a, a great pass catcher, but he's a good pass catcher. And he's probably available, again, like in rounds five or six. There's also uh, Tyler Beatty out of Missouri. He's yep. very short. He's like 5'7", 200 pounds, but great 
potential for third down back. Blocking is a little bit of an issue, picking up the blitz, because, again, he'll get bowled over by a lot of those those bigger guys. But I think he's a really good prospect for maybe like the next James White. So hopefully they will use one of their picks to, to draft a running back that can that can catch passes and replace James White if and when that time comes. Yeah, totally. And I mean, there's like a lot of other good options out there. Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati is someone that I think could be a good fit. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, Keontae Ingram out of USC. Uh, there's just like a lot of good players that you can get at towards the end. Tyler Algier out of BYU. You don't necessarily like have to invest a high pick in one. You can just bring them into camp, give them the Foxborough flu, uh, and, you know, see what they do, uh, either on the practice squad or next year. Um, but also know that like it's one of the most plug and play positions if they don't think that they're going to contribute this year, other than the pass blocking capacity. Uh, then you can always just wait till next year. I, I mean, I think if I'm the Patriots, and maybe we can close on this, um, uh, if I were prioritizing positions, like the three positions that I want them to prioritize with their first three picks, I'm going to go with, you know, thinking of offensive line, thinking of defensive back, and then thinking of linebacker. Like, uh, those are the three very clear positional groups. And that means that I don't really need another skill player. I don't need any of that. I, I need someone just that can help bolster the defense on the back end or someone that can help the offensive line. Uh, and, and that's where I'm going to keep all of my attention uh, in round one. I like that. I think I would uh, switch it up a little bit. I think I would go and prioritize defensive back, linebacker, offensive line in that order. I think with the same position group, just made a different different order, um, which of course means they will trade out, draft a tight end, a quarterback, and <laughs> with their first three picks. That's what the Patriots do. But like I said, I think this is one of the few years where if the Patriots trade out of the first round and their first pick is a DB in the middle of the second, I'd be totally happy with that. Usually I cringe when that happens because their first, their second round Defensive backs just don't seem to pan out. But I think this is a, a good way to do it. This is a classic. Not a lot of, you know, blue trip players. And the draft is such an inexact science on the best of days. So this is a great time to throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. So hopefully they can trade down, amass future picks, and address some need. And we come back in our next podcast, we'll have a whole new crop of young faces we can break down and overanalyze. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. All right. Later.